Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Well, this program, listeners, is for you. No matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to, Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics, it's about principle. It's not about candidates, it's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. You're listening to part three of three of this exclusive interview with Dr. Greg Brandon right here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. And of course, they don't have an answer because they don't. The reason they don't have an answer is because they are looking at it from what do I have to do to maintain my power? What do I have to do to remain in that elite class of people who can rule over others with impunity? And that's why we have to stand up and say, no. This is our right. We will nullify those decisions of the federal government. And we need to hold our legislators in Raleigh or in in Atlanta, wherever they are, in every single state, we have to hold their feet to the fire and say, you are required to nullify rules, laws, regulations that are unconstitutional on behalf of we the people. I I agree, sir, because that is crucial in the idea, this whole idea of what a compact is, what a constitution is. And when I hear people say, well, you know, it changed because of the Civil War, it changed because of this. No, no, no. Our core principles, our core principles cannot be beaten down because of of, of, of force and power. This is an intellectual debate of who we are. Again, it goes back to who's sovereign. Is the federal government sovereign? Is the state sovereign? Is your local sovereign? Or is the individual individual sovereign. And that's why, sir, when Madison finished the Philadelphia Convention, and he, he quoted saying, what we just voted on is irrelevant. It's what the state conventions, not the legislators, the state conventions, which is built up by the people, what they believe the contract means is what it means. In fact, Marshall, when he was answering uh, uh, Henry in the Virginia, in the Virginia uh, Convention in 1780, said, there are no implied things. The Supreme Court is not superior to anything that's not in the uh, enumerated functions. So they answered the question. That's why I like going back to the Anti-Federals and the Federals, because the anti-federalists, which they call themselves more Republicans, so they were individuals, they had a fear of getting men and women who would overstep their bounds. So what were the reins of that answer? And that's where you get men like Madison and Hamilton and Jay and James Urdell. You get these men who want the Constitution, but they don't want to give away their sovereign, individual sovereignty, so they had the correct answer 
for the men like Patrick Henry and George Mason. Because if the deal was, here's the idea, guys. We want to have a federal government that supersedes everything and crushes you. Nobody would have voted for that. You know, nobody would have said that's okay. That's not what they wanted because there was a, the Hamilton wanted a general government and each state would be a province of that. And that was voted down the first day of the convention. So we understand what they want because you can read their words in English. You can buy the book that Madison has, all the notes from the convention. You can buy the books of all the state convention notes and read it ourselves. That's what's frustrating me, sir, is we are, we're, we're a 30-second quick clip you know, society of R's and D's and all this kind of stuff. I want to blow the R's and D's away. I want to get back to what makes us great. That's an American culture. The American culture, like a pure metal, is weaker than the alloy. America is an alloy. We are a little bit of everything based upon the rule of law, and that, sir, is what makes us a non-Plato republic and makes us an American republic. Well, of course, in the historical context, it should be obvious to anyone who looks back on that. We had just gotten rid of a tyrant, the King of England, King George. He was the tyrant, and the... Obviously, when our founders got together and the people got together, they had no desire whatsoever to reinstitute a tyranny of any kind. And that's why we had a union of individual individual sovereign states, each controlled by the people and citizens of those states. And they expected to have differences, that the state of Connecticut would not necessarily want everything that the state of North Carolina wanted and vice versa. And they could all coexist together because the federal government was not there to run roughshod over the desires of the individual states and the people of those states. Exactly, sir. And and, and interesting, you talked about trading one tyranny to another. That's exactly what Henry said we're going to end up doing. And Madison, in his answer in Federal 57, states, no, no, we will not trade a tyranny in because in our form of a representative constitutional republic, the legislative, them and their friends, must live under the laws that they pass. And what happens today? Our, our guys are exempt from NDA. Our guys are exempt from nationalized health care. They're exempt from inside trading. They're exempt from all this stuff. This is the stuff, sir, that is completely, completely amazing. When you allow government to exempt itself, individuals in government and the individual legislatures to exempt themselves, what you have done is establish an elite ruling class no different than feudal Europe. You have the upper crust, the lords of the manor, the kings and queens, and their courts, all of whom were exempt in every way from the rules, laws, and regulations that were applied to the common man. We have reestablished medieval serfdom here in this country, and that's what we must get rid of. What you just said right there again is where we are is neo-feudalism, and I agree 100%. And that's what's the frustrating part, sir, because even people that think they like the Leviathan government, in their core, they know something is askew. They know it. We feel it. We sense it. And that's why we have to get this paradigm shift over and, and understand that, again, it's the second paragraph we started with today. My neighbor rights from life. Without any life, there's no liberty. Without any liberty, you don't have your pursuit of happiness and our, our property. But we must understand that the role of government 
is to protect those inalienable rights, or otherwise it is illegitimate. I don't care if it's a local, state, or federal level. It cannot impugn on our life. That property is yours, your brain, your thoughts, your, your piece of land. You know, we've got to get rid of these ad valorem taxes. We've got to get rid of income tax. We've got to get rid of this kind of stuff. Understand that our founders put together a dual federalism, a dual sovereignty. Federalism is this idea that we have two branches of government or two types of government that separated each other, checks and balance each other, to do what? To protect the individual. And when you're quoting the idea of Europe, they quoted Europe. They wanted to avoid us like Europe, like, like the plague. They did not want us to become that kind of an empire. We wanted to be a republic and be that shining city in the hill and, and the idea of not a force upon the rest of the world, but be an example that the rest of the world want to uh, aspire to be like a true representative Constitutional Republic based upon the rule of law. Sir, we're fortunate enough in this country, our founders fought and died for this. If we're not willing to have this intellectual debate, then we do not deserve the Republic which they gave us. Absolutely right. And that's why in the Constitution they said that we could not confer titles of royalty. Because that is just another example of what we came away from. We fought and died in order not to be like Europe. And here we are trending back toward Europe uh, on the socialist level. Again, uh, this is not what we, we need. And so how, how does nullification work at the state level? What, what do we need to do to, uh, to force our legislators to take a hard look at these federal overstepping of its bounds and saying, no, this is enough. We will not take it anymore. And well, the first, the first thing, sir, is, is these are supposed to be at the legislative level, the state level, our servant citizens at the General Assembly. Now, if they flat out say there's no such thing, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, there's no historical stuff, they start quoting things that are, you know, incorrect, then it's our job to make that public by quoting, don't, we don't make the debate between Dr. Dan and Greg and, you know, the, the majority leader and the speaker, it's between James Erdell James Madison, Thomas Jefferson, and today's so-called leadership. That's a debate. See, and logically, we can make that debate because they lived through it and they wrote about it and they showed it. So the answer is, if they don't, that's why election cycles are crucial. That's why primaries are crucial. That we have everybody debate, and I'm talking debates in the way of not personal assassinations, just attack. What's your philosophy? Why did you vote on this? What are you going to do here? To understand, because those people that believe that government is the answer for any simple issue should not be a servant citizen in a country public. They should be out of there. And people that come in there and follow the rule of law is a whole different ballgame. So first off, we have to put pressure on our legislators. If the legislators say, and write a simple law, the Tenth Amendment Center has already written one for a generic for all laws, that in our state, this law, whatever it be, nationalized health care, uh, you know, whatever it is, example, we use nationalized health care at this point, that any of those laws, are, uh, they're unconstitutional, they are null and void in the state of North Carolina. We will not pay taxes on it, we will not accept it, it's done. If that happens, it be a paradigm shift in our place. Because my question is, why are... Why are representatives in our place even contemplating taking federal money, which actually is confiscated money from other states, to actually bribe into starting these exchanges? 
say no. Not parts of the bill are no. The whole thing is no. Not just the health care mandate, not just purchasing this. The whole thing. Article 1, Section 8 enumerates federal functions. There is zero health care in the Constitution. So where are so-called conservatives who are in the state representative saying it's okay to take a, take a little bit of stuff that's, that's unconstitutional? The answer, sir, is none. I agree. And, and But we need to force our legislators to do exactly that. Well, we need sir, to camp do out this. on their doorsteps. We have right. to write letters. We have Emails. To all but here's the bottom line, sir, is this. If we tell them publicly they do not nullify nationalized health care in North Carolina, whoever, dear ours, they will not be reelected no matter what. No matter what. Because if they cannot protect our inalienable rights, and, actually, and in fact they partake in taking them from us, then they are not just, you know, on the sidelines. They're actually active participation, participants in taking away our noble rights. Those men and women must be replaced at the federal and state level. There's, there's, no, there's no compromise on individual liberty. None. Zero. You're absolutely right. And, you know, one of the key Supreme Court decisions of last year was that individuals also have Tenth Amendment rights. They have the right under the Tenth Amendment to take action in federal court against unconstitutional laws, rules, and regulations. So it's not only the states who have that power. It is the individual who also has that power. So I think, between you and I, that we have several different avenues that we can use to go after the federal government, to force it back into that, that box where it belongs. From which it has escaped. Yes, sir, but I want to. My thing. You and I are having the honor of next week speaking. Well, on the January 9th, is speaking on your oath rally at the General Assembly. And my question is: These men and women are taking their oath to honor their oath. How do you take an oath to honor your oath on a contract, the Constitution, which you don't understand? It, it's crazy. It's 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 insane. So that we must quiz them on the Constitution. All the time. But again, I don't want to go back to Supreme Court and beg for forgiveness or beg and say, please hear a point. That to me is futile. The state legislature, you talked about, Wisconsin told the federal government's constant Supreme Court, not in our state. That's how simple it is. And as of now, I think 15 states have said no. Alabama being the strongest, saying no. And what we got to do is if our representatives with our supermajority and the new governor don't understand the idea that the supremacy clause does not make North Carolina a slave to the federal government, then these men and women, they must stop our support. We must stop giving them support. We must replace them at the next election because we cannot take a little bit of evil anymore, sir. We just cannot. And what's more evil than this than literally taxing our, we talked about our labor, to pay for an unconstitutional act that infringes on our most precious stuff, our life. Our health care cannot be rationed. Our health care cannot be infringed upon. And we're allowing this to occur. Sir, I say the answer is now we must say no more. And, you know, we really do, should not stop with health care. Look at the NDAA. Look at the spying on individuals, no-knock uh, warrants. All of this, the Fourth Amendment, uh, violated daily uh, by a police that is becoming more and more aggressive and less and less constitutional. These are other indications that the federal government has, is way out of bounds, and those are things that need to be stopped as well. Yes, sir. That's why we look at this. You look at life. My example of life is the, the nationalized health care coming in. That, that, that's attacking life. Liberty, the NDA, is clearly affecting our liberty. And both our senators, both our senators, voted to increase FISA. That, that, that is amazing to me. 
And then the third one is our private property. And we have Agenda 21 coming into our neighborhoods every day, taking our land, our property, our private. Again, all three of those are being attacked at the idea of the selective, uh, of the collective over the individual. That's why core, the core, when you look in the mirror, myself, you, when you look in the mirror, understand what is our philosophical idea of the role of government. Is it our tool to fix and not to, to allow us to be free, or is it our master to make us slaves? Because it is a clear distinction. You can't have a little of both. You cannot have one foot in one area, one foot in the other. It must be in one or the other. And, sir, as I said, I choose freedom and I choose liberty. I do not choose slavery and servitude anymore. Absolutely. You cannot be, as far as I'm concerned, you cannot even be only 98% free. That 2% of you that's a slave is unacceptable. It was unacceptable to Thomas Jefferson, and therefore it's unacceptable to me and unacceptable to you as well. Oh, that, yes, sir. That is why this fight is so important. And I think it's essential that we educate people as well to understand that point, that just because they can take from the federal government to make them, their lives more easy at this point, that's a short-term goal. And in the long run, what they are damaging is the chance for true freedom, not only for themselves, but for their children and their grandchildren. Because that is what's happening. It's like a snowball rolling downhill. It is already going very fast, and it is always very large, even at this point. And so we have to make people understand that that snowball must be stopped because it will crush the very spirit of America, the spirit that made us great. Yes, sir, because though we cannot forget, we, we outnumber them. And the idea is, another thing about the Constitution, the way it was, was oh, Hamilton wrote that these men are supposed to be our trustees, like of a will. You know, Dr. Dan's a trustee of my will. I die, I leave, I leave a life insurance for you to do what I ask you to do. If you ever overstep your bounds, you're, you now are go to jail. That's the kind of context in which the Constitution has to be written for and understood. So, sir, I'm so happy to be in the battle with you. I'm so happy that I know that this, across this country, sir, it is booming. It is booming. People are starting to understand what liberty really means. And that's why we got them on the run, and we cannot stop. I don't care what D or R they are, sir. If they, anybody, votes on any bill that infringes on our neighbor rights, next election cycle, they are gone. And we do that at every level, the local, the state, and the federal level. Things can change. We just cannot settle anymore, sir. We just cannot settle. No, we can't settle. This is a battle that must be fought daily, hourly, every single minute of every single day. And, you, and, and that's why I trust that you will do that, because I know how important this is to you. Dr. Greg Brannon, it has been an incredible honor, and it has been just fascinating to talk to you about these concepts. You have a way of explaining these things to, to our, my listeners, and I'm sure they'll never forget. We have okay. talked about the importance of the individual. That is really what this is about, and that's what separates America from the rest of the world. Yes, for, for centuries, not just yesterday, not just last month or last year. This is a difference that goes back centuries and millennia even, uh, that has made America that idea that the individual is supreme. The individual is the, the smallest minority as well as the supreme, uh, created by God, 
given in unalienable natural law rights. That is what this country is all about. It was founded on those principles, and I know that you're a warrior for those principles. Well, thank you, sir. I truly appreciate it. I know you are, too. Thank you very much, Dr. Greg Brannan. It has been an honor and a pleasure, and we will be talking to you again soon. Thank Take you. Take care. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Muddy waters. And people I just love to hear that old man sing. Yeah, when I play the hoochie coochie man, I get joy in everything. Everything, everything. Everything gonna be all right this morning. <laughs>